Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by Podmachine. The simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. And I was like, okay, let's just do this one instead. Like, this is like a realization that just staring right in front of me that I wasn't ready to accept yet because I'm supposed to be an architect. But there's this thing that's just knocking and hey, hey, we're here, we're here. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We are with another OG who's been around again and um, who has a gazillion startups. But this is exactly why I want to know how he does his hustle. Because every single time he posts something on social media, there's a new startup that he's participating of. But before we get carried away, I need to introduce a guest and the man of the hour. Let's welcome OJ Lovis of Rubberstep. Welcome to the show, my man. How's it going? Uh, thank you. Right. Thank you for having me, man. Like, uh, 
I've been a, a fan of your show since day one. Like when you posted that community, Hatsushi community group, I was like number five or something that joined. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Again, uh, I haven't been doing really well in keeping that active per se. Uh, again, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a founder. And as founders, we're going to have to take tough trade-offs. And the trade-off that I always choose is that I choose my startup over anything else that I'm doing on the side. Which is, again, I'm very, very impressed with what you do because aside from, obviously, your main hustle, which is Revastaff, you're also part of uh, several startups also. And that's what I want to do because majority of the time, um, there's, a mis- there's a misconception or there's this thing in the startup ecosystem that you should focus on one. But here you are thriving in a lot. All right. But before I ask you uh, a lot of these things, I need to ask you the million dollar question. OJ, what's your hustle? Right now, of course, main hustle is still Reva staff. So I and and for me personally, it's always been uh, the main hustle has been always to make houses beautiful, like make houses beautiful. Either it's going to be in photography, videography and those TikTok videos or like architecture. So so more serious stuff, architecture and construction. So that's kind of like the the really the the hustle has for for the past the decade or so. It's like that's making houses beautiful. And then and that's that's again expensive. Just at the end of the day, that's one thing that again is unique about you. You have a thriving and profitable business that affords you to do other stuff at the same time. Because uh one thing that I I've seen a lot is startup founders who who are into a lot of things or like trying to do a jack of all trades type of approach but don't have a main hustle that's striving that's where problems usually uh arise right. whereas for me for you at the end of the day if you strip you of everything else that needs to be done your main hustle is striving that allows you to then do other stuff which again we will all Cover later, but I need you first yeah. to buckle up because we're going to have to go to the origin story all the way to Cebu because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share time machine. All right. It's been forever since I went back to Cebu. I think the last time I've been to Cebu was, if not late 2018, it was early 2019. Long time ago, and I miss a lot of places. Uh, Larshan, Ilaputi, <laughs> yeah. uh, Casa Verde, all these right, things right. That, that, give, that give you high blood. <laughs> <laughs> With merienda as sunburst chicken. Okay? Right. But again, I want to understand, bro. Um, you, I've known you as an entrepreneur for a long time now. Again, we have similar origin stories. You studied in USD. But before we even get to that, was there any inkling of entrepreneurship growing up? And uh, did you see oh, any yeah. type of mentors that you had uh, that kind of gave you this influence that allowed you to be an entrepreneur down the road? Yeah, well, both my parents are are employees. So I didn't really have any like firsthand you know, uh, role model in terms of in terms of entrepreneurship but my, my mom was doing side hustles while, while doing uh being a government employee both my parents so mom and dad but my, my mom has like side hustles like selling keychains and nice. whatever so during second grade it actually sold like keychains and the stuffed toys in class right and then uh uh two days after they called me in the principal office and say stop that shit right 
Like, <laughs> they said that? Like, yo, OJ, stop that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because also the teachers, the teachers were also buying, right? The teachers ah. were buying. It was disrupting classes. So, so like, Got things it. like that, right? So, so it's like after two days. Now, that was like my first experience. Of, like, and then I, I felt like the high. Like, wow, that was that was cool. Like, like people yeah. go to you, hey, hey, I want your stuff, right? <laughs> And and that's kind of uh, kind of like where it started, like that 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 spark for entrepreneurship. And I always had this, you know, even so from from grade two, like grade four, I was selling like NBA cards. And, you know, uh, grade three, I think it was Pog. Right? So oh. like that, yeah, yeah, man. And then uh, I just like I, I played ball, like I played basketball. Uh, I think I got into the Milo SBP thing mm-hmm. and. and in elementary and that kind of like focused all my attention to that and and uh you know so from, from elementary we we were like basketball champions in cebu so so in in their high school champs was don bosco so i i went to don bosco for for high school still played ball there but then they have this technical classes of drafting yeah. road things like that and that's this where is don bosco in cebu yeah don bosco in cebu nice so that they they really have reputation for the Having an advanced, I mean, beyond the norm, they have uh, an extra layer of like science and technology and, right, and right. even drafting, or again, in the arts. Engineering, yep. electrical, civil engineering, stuff like mm-hmm. in high school, right? You get exposed to that. Yep. Then uh, that's that's kind of where, where it started. Like, okay, like, you know, you know looking at this and you know, building like scaled model of houses, that's my spark the interest from, from there. But still, Pretty much played played ball like my main focus was still playing ball. Mm. And one of our star players uh, in Don Bosco was uh, playing for the Tigers. So this mm. was like my idol when I was in first year. So he was drafted. In, Who is this guy? Uh, Mick 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 Somalinog was. Ah, uh, Michael Somalinog. There you go. So so he was he was playing for the Tigers uh, and he was like the star player of DB uh, when <laughs> in. You know, like the senior senior players, so, so that's what like, I aspire to 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 yeah. uh, play ball in, in in UST, something like that, right? There, uh, yeah, yeah, man. So so that was kind of like where I aspired to be to to be, you know, uh, Atomashan. So yeah, in college, you no, know, I, I took up architecture, and then uh, apparently, architecture is not not one of the courses that you, if you want to play ball, no, nope. you go to <laughs> commerce, my my my. <laughs> That's my college where you only have four hours of school. Right, uh, right. Six days a week, but it's just four hours. That's where you come in. I mean, uh, Archie in USD is one of the hardest ones. It's a five year course, right? It took me a while, though. But yeah, right, so it's, it's, it's five year course to, to get there. But I'll just track back a little bit, OJ, because again, mm, this sure. is something that is always personal. And again, if you're a You've been to Hustle Share for a long time. I always talk about the influence of varsity basketball to me. Um, because again, I was a Tiger Cub uh, during hi- high school. So played in the UAAP several years. But everything that I've learned or how I run and hustle now, I learned that through basketball. Like, you know, determination, getting through the rough times, you know, uh, leaving your ego at the door, playing a role to, to get the win. And of course, Going in day in and day out, uh, even if it's hard, even if you don't feel like it, to really you know better yourself, and that translates very well into business. But in your experience, what were those things that you took from sports or at least basketball 
that you brought until you know you got to entrepreneurship yeah well well during during my my grade school days uh, in in san carlos I, I, so university san carlos that's, that's that's where i played ball this was really a great coaching staff like because we don't know shit right when we were kids so those that that mentorship and then that that team energy because at, at grade school you don't have like a really star player that would score 30 points right nope yeah so that that team that it really takes a team to to win a championship right and and as you mentioned you have a role to play and like, like uh and and for for young kids you know it's kind of like defense you don't actually get to get to like dribble the ball even right you just get it. so it's always one-to-one offense everybody goes here because uh so the grade six person will score and everybody else so and then um yeah the, that that one like the, the team play and how important the team is on and off the court uh because these were like like my my best my best friends right even on and off the court we were all all, all together and so we were just so in sync that it was inevitable just to win a championship right yeah, so that's and great. yeah and that that championship mentality I, I i carried it over to high school just really like you know we're we're not in here for me not for you we're here to to win a championship so that's kind of like where where it really you know, boils down to if you really want to win it's going to be winning together yep that's great and then that's com- the spirit of competition that never leaves you right it just translates in the startups technically you in my head if you just simplify it in a way i i translate that into a new sport and i want to win I I come in not to, not to like uh, just be here just to participate. Fuck that, we're right. trying to win here, right? And right. winning can be attributed to several metrics, whether it's uh, achieving a certain milestone, mm-hmm. or in the end, the championship is an exit, right. right? That's the hardest one, which not a lot of people get to, to to do. Now again, UST, you are from Cebu. The dynamics will change. Manila is different than Cebu. What? And this is something that I always like to uh, discuss with people who grew up in the province, studied in Manila, because there's always an adjustment period, right? Sure. Especially if you're, you know, living far from your family, it's not that easy. What are the, what are those things that you had to overcome? And again, you said it took a while for you to finish architecture. Standard one is five years. How long did it take you to finish yours, and why? All right, so let's start with that question. It took me like a decade, man, like ten years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, in USD, once you reach fourth year, you're tenured, so they can't kick you out anymore. Yep. So, so once you're in four, fourth year, but still, you still have like a year to go, right? Uh-huh. So, w- once you don't get kicked out, so you get kicked out first year, second year, third year for your bad grades, but once yep. you get fourth year. They can't get rid of you, <laughs> so yep. so that's kind of like uh, who, how how like the ten year architecture came to be. But mm-hmm. yeah, going back to your question about the dynamic, the first year was always really you know good student, you know, uh, uh, you know finish my plates and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you know without any parents, you don't have any curfew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so you know I, I have a lot of. Friends from the same the same building you know, from fine arts who were you know rakista boys. There you uh, go. And then we always hang out in Merricks, right? Merricks was still, oh, was still the, the in the, España. The, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Merricks was like all the, the the rock and roll people would hang out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? I was in the club. 
That's a, it's not not nowhere near USD. I was a party boy, so that's what I was doing. Right, right, right. right. So, so we we are on different clicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the the rock scene in USD. So that's kind of like where where you know like these vices began: drinking, smoking, things like that. You no, know? and yep. then staying up late. You know, you know uh, having a, a rock and roll party. And then uh, I got I knew some people that were were part of a, a fraternity. So, so they recruited me. Uh, that was like the whole world just spent when I when I joined the, the fraternity. Uh, the, the only fraternity what that was legal in USD was was Apple of Alpha Phi Omega. So I, I I joined that crew. Uh, and then that was that was just like my whole college life, like frat boy stuff. Got it. Uh, yeah, but that that also like has a, a foundation in like before it was like college i mean that was like basketball team and then right now you know it's like the, the fraternity uh so organizing events and and, and like service projects and, mm. and which uh, we were also part of socc uh which is the mm. student organization usd so so we got to rep, rep them so the, like the whole uni university wide experience was opened up to me before it was very architecture only in, in the Atto building uh mm. like Archie boys hanging up with each other, but right now with with uh, that exposure, uh, and it also comes with the bad. There's a lot of altercations with a lot of rival frat and things like that, man. So it was crazy, crazy times. So, but that 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 gave me like like an eye opener of what Manila life is like and how you know, crazier things here, not in Cebu, like laid back, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, so that, that that was that was like, uh, but but still, no pursuing architecture on the side. <laughs> now architecture on my side, my side hustle. Well, the frat thing and then this frat parties and organizing events for this, and we're we're, we're kind of like the main college thing. So really, really just immersed myself in that whole frat boy college experience. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's what I wanted to know because again, um, people like to put labels very early in. A person's life so i had a similar path but i did all my stupid and crazy shit in high school uh i wasn't doing frat stuff i was just a class clown i always got in trouble once i got to college after first year i worked in a call center then i realized that there was a 180 degree turn all of a sudden i'm now a responsible kid thankfully i finished my college on time became a student leader and all these things because i knew now how hard it was but for a very long time especially in high school i was labeled a pariwara like if there was in, in the States, there is a there's this thing that every high school they label someone who's least likely to succeed. And if there was, that would have been me. Right? And I was labeled that like, ah, oh, that guy is fucking, you know, he, he doesn't just happy go lucky, blah, blah, blah. And if you took that long, people would have thrown that onto you as well. Family, friends, especially during gatherings. But hindsight being 2020. A lot of these things probably helped you out that when you actually turned the tide and became serious with what you wanted to do, that became as an asset. Was that something you had to go through? And how did you use those bad experiences to actually turn them into assets down the road? Yeah, man, like that that was like the chip on the shoulder, right? Like if if you have that chip in the shoulder, because every family gathering, like eh, they were just looking at me with judging eyes, right? Like, oh, here yeah. comes the rat boy. <laughs> right? like, that was that was that was the the, the usual case. Uh, uh, but 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 again, it was like uh, 
oh he, here comes the you know, guy he on his eighth year in college right so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, these things they put label just because you stumble they put a bookend and that's it that's your path now in, in reality you can you can still turn it around and use that as again the chip on your shoulder right how did yeah. you then turn that around yeah well well that real realization that that fuck you're already 25 and you're you're you have you have nothing to to show for so mm-hmm. that's kind of like okay i have to be serious and on on what i'm what i'm doing and uh that was just okay let's start something and and totally uh, just that realization that that was like the starting point that realization that that you are uh you're onto something you know you know deep in yourself that you're more than that yep. uh that what what you're experiencing right now is, is because there's always like after the parties and all of those stuff that you you seem very happy but at the end of the day it's like oh there's 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 more to this there's more yeah. this can't be it it's a phase right and then just uh the on switch like okay we have to do something else Right. Okay. Now, when you turned it on, where did you funnel all of this passion and ability into? How did you hustle first? And what are these right. things? So that, entrepreneurship, uh, man. Uh, uh, it always been like like I always st- started like when I was twenty one. I opened a bar in Quezon City. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like in in Roosevelt, man. It was Roosevelt. I was twenty one. Wow. Yeah, and then all of the the college kids. Are, are are there even from USD? This is just still one ride, right? uh, going to Project Eight people. Yeah, that would be project, the gym. Project, <laughs> yeah, exactly. project Eight. Tranco, that's where you go. Basically, <laughs> that that that's the uh, that's the route. Okay. Yeah, and then so so basically that uh, when I feel a spark of something, then I open something up. Right, whether it's gonna be the bar next time. I also also like you, but during that ten years, we were actually suspended for two years for an altercation with the arrival. Holy shit! Wow. Forgot. And that's where also I, I have a call center job because nothing to do oh, for this, right? Oh, so I, I actually the, my first job at nineteen. Yeah, at nineteen was a call center, and then outbound sales, motherfuckers. <laughs> Credit card pulling and all that. <laughs> that's the same yeah, shit that, I did. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that gave me okay. So I had the gift of gab that I actually can sell. Can sell yep. shit. Somebody that, that I don't even have to do face to face with getting credit their credit cards. I was like, okay, so these are like really hustle, man. Like, like yeah. really like being a hustler of 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 getting. Uh, and that was like we were selling like v- VoIP, like Skype, Skype, yep. uh, another version of Skype, but yeah. but they got they have to pay and, and and for you to be able to convince them to pay for a free thing <laughs> that was that was like a really good training uh to for for an entrepreneur to really have your sales skills on point because if you can't sell your startup again especially if you're going to be the founder it's going to be very very hard for you to acquire customers because the tech won't sell itself right and and again it's one of the most foundational skills that you can learn coming out of college or coming out of whatever you came from sales if you can find a way to do it for a specific period of time and you did this for a couple of years right that would be really really good uh foundation for you but when you started your own business so 2006 2008 you were were your your uh customer service right i mean you were a sales rep right i was also around this time also this is what i did but i was doing this full-time and full-time 
I was doing studying and this at the same. I I only had like three hours of freaking sleep. Oh, I won't. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I don't think I can do that again anymore because I can't. I I can't survive. But when you did your first business with sixteen hundred bistro, how did you? Uh, fund this and what was the very first few learnings because again obviously that also ended in 2010 but what are those things that you learned that you then um, put into work that down the road you'll use when you do try as a entrepreneur again yeah well that realization that you're not an fnb guy <laughs> like, yep. you, you like to drink and eat but you know you don't know how to run <laughs> run a resto bar yep. so that realization quickly like okay so, so that that's not that's not the thing because everybody wants to open a bar right uh but you know, that's not the thing and then i actually you know it was, it was my parents helped me fund this and also the, the earnings that i had from the, the the call center, call center. Yep. yeah because that was like that was making bank man like they you had the commissions although it started like the the salary was ten thousand pesos the salary mm -hmm. but you no know, the commissions were were crazy if you know how to sell your shit right? so yep. so we were able to to fund that but that 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 was again the realization that you're not an fnb guy uh you're just in it because you like to to drink and eat but to run this shit <laughs> you're <laughs> would rather have somebody else like do that for oh man that's funny no again we all have this is a phase that everybody goes through and again this is a hot take but the sooner you do this in life if you're a dude and you just you know there's this certain animalistic instinct that you just gotta be wild and stupid for a while do it early yeah right? do so it at early. least because I've seen men also who were good boys in high school and college and all of a sudden they're like fucking partying and you're over 30. I'm like, bruh, is it a little too late? You're going to frick up, fuck up your family if you have a wife and all that. I'm glad I can talk about that down the road. And I'll just laugh about it because, you know, the stakes were not as much. And I didn't really make some really bad mistakes. <laughs> it's still funny. But since I got the taste of that, it's not something that I look for anymore in life. Because some people feel like, oh, shoot, I never got to have fun. And I did. Right. My, my freaking first startup was a nightlife app. I fucking had a lot of fun, right? Exactly. But again, it's a phase. It's something that if you get that out of the way and you don't fuck your life up, right. it, it's a, it's one for the books. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. And we, 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 we almost, I actually almost fucked my life up, right? Mm -hmm. We were, especially like, with all the violence and shit that we went through, like yeah. all, all those, all those, like, like authorities were involved, you know, there were oh, court man. cases, you know, things like that, man. And, and, and at like your early 20s, like late teens, early 20s to go through that, mm -hmm. or like talking to lawyers and shit, like, oh, oh man. Oh, no, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And then you most trouble I got was principal's office on. That's it. <laughs> Because I was being a class clown. That's it, right? No, nothing more than that. But you're an OG. Really, yeah. really. OG. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, serious, serious thing, man. And then, uh, and then seeing, like, looking back and looking at my, my, my brads right now who, like, own businesses and, like, thriving in their career abroad. Like, if, oh, we would have died back then. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No, and that's it. Again, there is, you, you can't, you can't put a bookend on somebody just because of their mistakes. Everybody has or deserves or earns. Actually, deserve is not the word. 
everybody can earn a second chance. And it's what would you do with that that's uh, important. All right, let's, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll come uh, and talk about your journey into creating Revistap and all the other startups that you're involved with. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with OG OJ. There you go. Who was <laughs> gangster? I, I, I just I just talk gangster shit, but this guy's a real gangster. Right? Never I never got involved into any violence. The only violence I got into is the little the little pushing and shoving and the, the dirty talk uh in the basketball court. But outside, I'm a class clown. That's it. The most I do is I'm a Dapitan boy. You're a Pinoval boy, you're an Espanya boy. I'm a Dapitan boy. I hang out in the billiards area with my with my with my teammates, smoke some cigarettes, and that's it. That after that, I go home. All right. So that phase is done. How did you then turn the tide and wrap up? So you've done sales. You now have accumulated that experience. And once that confidence in sales, once mm-hmm. you unlock that, dude, it's a life skill that you'll take anywhere. Like I can sell anything Perfect. to anyone. So what was the next steps you did and walk us through how it ended up into VR spaces? I mean, Reva stuff, pala. Sorry, not VR space. Uh, we'll, we'll go through that. Uh, well, of course, going through the t- traditional route, right? After after architecture school, uh, I dip my toes into design and construction. Okay. Uh, and, and this is back in Cebu, or was were you in Manila still? It was in Manila still. So I have okay. I have a partner as well who's also an architect, and then we dip our toes into that. You no, know, doing the, and then we 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 landed like a big project. Uh, so. 
So we, we, we got almost like uh, a million peso check for our services. And like, we were like, yeah, like early 20s, right? And so we were like, mm, okay, so what we can do with this? Shit? <laughs> <laughs> and then, the and gangster then we thought, life will never leave you, my man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right and, and that was like we 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 bought like crazy uh, well from 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 that we we didn't reinvest that into to to look, accumulate more clients right mm. so uh, when in in design and construction a million pesos like nothing right uh, it would be just go a lot of money for a bunch of 20 year olds though right exactly it was a bunch of money for uh, for for 20 year olds <laughs> um but after after that project you know we only got like really very, very small parts flower shops and and you know uh things like that so so that that didn't really sustain you know on the business and then i had an opportunity with a previous colleague to start our own call center right so oh, you did yeah so we did uh we, we started our old call center uh, uh in ortigas we have like 20 seats like wow. it, it was me and uh, american um, american uh, partner okay. and then um during that time uh like we we run like a year almost a year and then our client pulled out like no you, you're not even pull out. Yeah. usually it's a good thing when you pull out but this is not this is a bad time to pull out yeah it's a bad time to pull you have 30 people who uh-huh. wants uh who now I, we cannot pay them, no? so, so so the American guy left, the client left. I was the one left holding the back, and all the very people was asking me for the salary. And the same thing, I was also not uh, earning, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, and they asked, no, they 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 threatened me to uh, that they would go to Tulfo, that they got they they they, they didn't got their salary and things like that. But we were mm-hmm. the same. In the same situations that like I'm the one holding the bag. So uh, during that time, uh, my, my 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 and I have already like uh, infant kid, right? Uh, oh, this no. like eight uh, like eight years ago, and mm. uh, and then we were receiving like death threats. But I, I don't really give a fuck about those death threats. No, I've been <laughs> like, been through worse. Yeah, I've been through worse, and this is like the this. So the tool for thing, and but 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 it's we were like broke ass, broke ass. So we can't pay the rent. So I I called my mom. We have to go back to Cebu because we're like zero zero. So so we went back to Cebu and then just start from zero, man. Because like the the design from didn't didn't work out. The call center didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Zero with a with a kid and a young wife, and then going back to Cebu, uh, and just being you know having the humility to just knock on my my mom's door and like, hey, can we live here? So for like a few months, then like after a month, there was there was there was like crazy man because my my brother in the U.S. called and he said, hey man, I have cancer. Can you come oh, here fuck. in the U.S. so you can take care of me? And then that was I realized that God didn't didn't made the business thrive because it would have been hard for me to say yes yeah. if I have a thriving business that is taking care of 30 people. So that yeah. was all went went round uh, went 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 uh 
we went down but then you know my brother needs my help because he doesn't want he doesn't want my mom to be there because it would be hard for him he's gonna be crying all the time right and yeah. then being depressed as shit but uh, he wants to be the big brother to go there and we can just hang out and play video games and yeah, well yeah, yeah. he is undergoing his chemo and things like that so i went yeah. to the states uh I, I i went to the states and then uh, from there, because I don't have anything to do, it's just get getting him, driving him to the hospital, and I'm just gonna hang back. Right. So I was I was uh, looking for side hustles, and that's where I created like floor plans for realtors. So, mm-hmm. so I was like looking for looking for things to do. Like, okay, I, I want to have a job for an architectural firm, but there's there's no architectural firm. I'm getting side hustles from realtors. Hey, can you do this floor plan for me? Can you do this uh, 3D work for me for from the realtors? And that's where mm-hmm. okay. There's there's stuff things there's this market right here, and then when when my my brother's done with the chemo and they went back to the Philippines, I still have these clients. Right. That so I, that's how like, you built the the foundation technically for Reva Staff. Exactly, that's the foundation for Reva Staff. Doing floor plans for realtors. But okay, uh, I I wanna I wanna the track back a little bit because again failure and you know humble pie when that hits you. And I think you're you're cut out, cut out from the same plot as me. There's a little bit. There's pride. We take pride in what we do, and when we fail, of course, the very first thing that you need to do is survive. You know, you gotta eat. You gotta swallow that pride, and do that. But again, that also scars you for life, right? Mm-hmm. During that time where again you had to you had to run back to Cebu, uh, leave your family for a bit, take care of your brother. We know what you did to. You know, technically open the next phase of your life, but how did you bounce back inside? Because this was a blur. This was a whirlwind of events that you had to go through. And you know, you have to be strong. You have a family to feed. You have a wife. You have kids, and now you have to be a brother. But in the end, you're still a hustler. In the end, you have to provide right. while battling your own demons. How did you cope? Well, it was it was it was really hard, but quieting the noise. No, just quieting the noise and no, because outside you're this bad person who didn't pay up, right? You're this bad person who left the company. You're this bad person. But do you know deep inside that you're the same, the same victim? But I don't want to have that victim mentality. I don't want to be crying on the corner and just, oh, the client pulled out, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it was really restoring, like, no, no. I, I've been to Catholic school all my life, and that, 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 you know, uh, going back to basics in, in, you know, Faith in God and prayer and uh, that that really uh, made me stronger. Right, like that belief that you know this is not it. You know, this is mm-hmm. a phase that you're going through. And and I I, I went into a retreat you know, because my, my my dad is, is a very pious man and he, he asked me, hey, just go to the retreat, talk to the priest, things like that. And then wow. then one of the 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 advice me like like you just have to have fortitude. Like you no know, God wouldn't. Allow you to go through this stuff if there's nothing on the other side for you. So just yeah. keep and 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 you can't see that if you're undergoing that. No, <laughs> that you have to remove that, yourself from that situation right, right, for you to right. have perspective. Yeah, yeah. So so just just having the faith, keeping up the faith, and that that actually you know just going through it day day by day because yeah. it, it's been months, right? Months before we were able to to even get back to our feet like even wow. it was you know, from Cebu, it was probably a year or so uh, but it was just just going through it day to day that 
no, no, there's something on the other side of this. You just have to quiet the noise of all those people bugging you and uh, just quiet the noise, things like that, and then just move on. Uh, but just move on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and and finally, you know, uh, when when I was I was already doing the side gigs, and then these these realtors were asking me already to do projects for them. That's like very very slowly. I haven't even thought of opening another company. It was just you know, yeah. You're just trying to build the confidence, and then then step by step. Right. And you're right because uh, when when my first startup also failed. Um. Yeah. You there's there's. You quiet all the noise, but there's one noise that was really, really loud that is very hard to overcome. And till now, it's still there. You just have a, you have an antidote to it now. The noise inside your head, right? Because the worst enemy that you uh, that you'll have is sometimes yourself as an entrepreneur. When you fail, you right. always like, oh shoot, there was there. There's gonna be a point where you're just gonna say, shit, this is all your fault, right? right. And that's that's on you. You can't put the blame on everybody else. But at the end of the day, you're the founder. You are the one uh, in charge of these people. And that never leaves. And sometimes it's really how you process that inner noise and shut him up with results. I mean, that's that's what I kind of did. Like, you know what? The biggest thing I had to go over and then try to overcome is that noise. The output of that is doubt. And especially if you're a hustler, you can't be walking into a freaking meeting and have doubt because that would translate in the way you pitch, your body language, and the way you even do your business. If you doubt yourself, how will people even try to trust you? What was the turning point, OJ, when you realized that shit? Okay, I got my mojo back and I have something from these clients that I have from, from the realtors that I can take back all the way to the Philippines and start anew and now turn it eventually into Revastaff. How did you build that up again? Yeah, so so when I came back to the Philippines, I was thinking of it as, uh, okay, I have now a solid side hustle. Let me go back to construction. Let me go back to design construction. So I still you know, look for design projects. And so I have a couple, you know, we, we, we were designing restaurants and things like that. But we, I still have this solid side hustle who's... Uh, I have like a, a few clients already for the floor plan gig. And then these clients ask me, hey... Do you know also graphic artists can then do our photos? Do you have video editors that can do our videos? Okay, I'll find people for you. And then just realizing like half my time is now devoted to to the, the this the side gig. And then I was having a really hard time of sustaining the construction business. And I was like, okay, let's just do this one instead. Like I, this is like a realization that just my like this staring right in front of me that I wasn't ready to accept yet because I'm supposed to be an architect. So that was that was like my identity. I was supposed to be an architect. Yep. I was supposed to be in design and construction. But there's this thing which I consider just a side hustle that's just knocking and, hey, hey, we're here, we're here. And I, I'm the one even putting off the Hey, can we uh, like uh, delay uh, your project for a couple of days because I have something else to do? Like, But it was like... Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll pay you double. Okay. <laughs> so, so it was like, okay. it was so easy on this side and it's so hard, but I'm just trying to to because okay. that my that, that's my identity, right? So that, that that switch of realizing, okay, again, the, the humility, uh that the traditional route is actually not for you. And the startup, that's where like the startup thing 
like okay so and then uh the silicon valley was on right that the hbo series uh so so all that the shark tank so i was already watch, watching shark tank in the us so it's like okay maybe this is the thing so let, let me just uh really try and focus on this thing so so and and recruited a few more people to join the team so it's not just me doing the floor plans i have down a couple of people so we're like three in the team already handling like 20 clients nice. uh, and, and that was it and then uh 2018 there was uh in 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 the real estate reva was a buzzword right so real estate virtual assistant basically that's that's oh that's yeah. what it meant yeah yeah Okay. Uh, real estate vir- virtual assistant and the, the cheapest cheapest domain name that i can fi- find is is revastaff.com mm. which is less than a thousand pesos with 700 pesos i paid for it 700 wow. pesos. that's right? amazing and that's uh, i was agnostic what name it is because it was supposed to be my side hustle right so so okay let's uh put it revastaff.com not registering anything it's just have domain name build the website mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was it. Like from from three people to five to six to seven to to ten people during that year. Um, and then 2019 came, and uh, DTI have this accelerator program called Startup Island, and they were yep. calling for for applications. Okay, yep. so I was thinking that we are actually uh, not a startup, but we're a BPO, right? But then, okay, let's also call ourselves a startup, and no, we've put it uh, and tech-enabled startup. Yeah, a tech-enabled startup. So, so uh, I joined that accelerator, and that's where I immersed myself in 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 what's supposed to be like in pitching and things like that. Nice. Uh, yeah, and and that was it. Like the first accelerator that we got, and then got to final pitch late that year. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yes, the, the season after us, technically. Right, right exactly. Season real estate edition. Yep. Right? That was the real estate edition season. And then uh one of my clients asked, uh, hey guys, can you do VR? Like, yeah, yeah, we can do VR. What the fuck is VR? Right. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then went into that rabbit hole of yeah, and that was that was like for me, I don't know anything about VR back then. So we went to Manila. Mm-hmm. And registered in the VR Philippines game jam. So there was like they oh. are making they are making VR games. Right. Now and when 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 I went there, I recruited these kids who can actually make games. And I said, Hey, how about let's I, I sold them on the idea of let's make a game, a VR game that is like a Sims. Mm, so instead of Sims, it. uh, it's gonna be VR first person, and then they got that. So they 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 were cool with that, and they were able to build that for me, and it's and we we show that to the client, and so now we're into the VR game. Now we're a real tech startup. There <laughs> you go. And again, this is something that you you had no prior experience on, and that's one thing that again, um, if you see an opportunity, you know how to build a team around it. You don't have to know how to build it. As long as you can understand how you can sell it and how it can solve problems, then you can build a company around it. It's that's where a lot of people have a have a misconception that you have to be an expert in something. It's a plus, yes, to be an expert into something um, before you do a business around it. I created Chatbot PH mm-hmm. with no idea how to freaking create a chatbot. I knew how to sell it. I knew how to help build it at least at the basic level. Then the next thing I had to do was build a team that can actually uh, materialize the vision. The hard part is the vision and also building it into reality. 
because that's where most people fail. But I'll just track back a little bit with Revastaff here. So one of the things that people usually struggle with, especially if you're coming in at a freelance background, is coming in as a Reva or a VA, getting used to doing all the work. And they don't cross the chasm to become an entrepreneur where you build a team around you because the mindset is still, I still have to be the guy. Which here you did pretty well. But was there any struggle coming from that? Knowing also that here you are again, hiring people, but this time you don't have a partner. Mm-hmm. This time is all you. And you got to make sure that everybody's fed and you don't make the same mistake. Was that something in your mind? And what did you do differently this time? Yeah, well, well, that's actually for me, that was already an advantage because I, I know already the pitfalls, like what to avoid. Mm-hmm. So, so you on, failed before. Around, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, actually, the, the failures I had in the past on my fourth company, that was like, okay, I know now where not to spend as much because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, they, they think that if they spend on marketing, that would translate to, you know, to conversion, uh, but it's not, not the case usually. So, so uh, I, I didn't build a sales team right away. You no, know, you were uh, the hustler. You yeah, were the I sales was, team. Yeah, yep. I was the sales team. I'm the only sales team, and and then we, we we what we built is like the fulfillment, the product, the production team. Got it. They have to have a very solid production team because uh, you can't deliver. You're gonna be in a shit load of trouble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so that's that's kind of like where, where we built first, and then it's always one to one. So the the well, what I mean is one to one ratio is that if you I hire a production person. That translates into you know revenue, God. right? Because and then in our in our uh, in our business model, we pay them per output. So if they don't work, they don't get paid. So that's gotcha. kind of like there's no there's no downside, right? Mm. So if we don't have an order, especially during winter time, uh, it was just snowing in New York. So everybody also you know I don't have an overhead. So Got that's kind of like. I, that, that's kind of like where it started from, from where it started. So I'm, I'm clean already. So they already know from the very beginning, but they're making bank as well, because if we have a lot of orders you know, from their previous, so, so they just, I, we, we did the math. You no, know, if he, they are a layout artist in a tarpaulin shop in, you know, downtown Cebu, they're probably earning less than minimum wage here. They're working with American clients. If they're going to do one floor plan, it's gonna be you no know, two hundred pesos. If I'm just gonna do ten floor plans, I'm gonna get you no know, two thousand pesos a day. So wow. so that's kind of like the, the mindset that I instilled in them. That okay, you're actually gonna make bank in the long term, even though you no know, you 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 uh, uh, let go of the security of the SSS and the pagibig and all of those shit right. that really count for. Uh, so we have like a freelance contract uh, uh, with them, independent. Contractor agreement, and that's kind of where it started. Because, uh, uh, and and it also makes sense for me as a business owner uh, just to do that, and and that's a very scalable model as well. So I, from the very beginning, was already thinking about scale, already right. thinking about how how we would be able to move this forward. So it's just going to be a one to one revenue. So every production crew that we hire, it's actually adding more to the bottom line rather than to overhead. Got it. Several questions that I have. It's a, you. You had a grand vision of how you wanted to build, but again, in order to hire the right people, 
as you kept onboarding clients, you're going to have to keep onboarding your production team. How hard was it? And then how did you make sure that number one, they're at par of how you used to work or how, uh, the standard of that, that, that you like to do. And number two, how did you make sure that you, they don't poach your client directly? That's a good thing about running a, a creative uh, organization rather than a sales organization. A sales organization is very tricky because they can actually just poach your clients because there's also salespeople. Right, but these creatives doesn't actually want to talk to clients. They just want to be in the in, in, in the front mix. of their computer yep. eight hours a day, not talking to clients, and just for you to siphon projects directly to them. And yep. that's gonna be you know, and and for them to make bank, uh, they are good with that. So so the the probability of poaching clients uh, was already I think addressed at that at that with that nice. structure alone uh and then at the same time the quality of these of these people uh there we we got from you know the experience ones so portfolio and then having an architecture background also really helps because i now know actually know how to look at stuff if they're good or not i have the eye already for that because of my architecture background and nice. then that in hindsight that was actually good because if i didn't talk up architecture if I didn't go through the 10 years yeah. I've got I wouldn't have developed this skill there's no way you're gonna get QA or there's gonna be some shit work all the time that nobody can be willing to pay for right exactly alright so now with this VR space is this a different company that you had to build because I know you have different co-founders here and you now are selling again, laying out uh, layouts with, with Reva staff but now there's another thing that you're also founder CEO as VR Spaces. Is this some uh, a spin-off startup? How did you structure this? And then this time, how did you balance your time? Because before, for, for a while, it was only Revistaff. Now right. there's also VR Spaces. How did you make that work? Yeah, so so for VR Spaces, it's basically Revistaff that is catering to local clients. Mm-hmm. So because for Revistaff, uh, we have local clients now asking us for OR. We can have, and then that that would now our accounting because most of uh, actually all of our clients in Reva staff are international, right. uh, and if we're that gonna a quick do transaction that, through Stripe through pay, pay, uh, exactly, transfer wise whatever the hell they are using, right? Yeah, yeah, and so so that that's kind of like, uh, and we have so so for for VR spaces and also for Reva staff, most of us are working graveyard, right? So it's yep. US time. So for VR spaces, I was thinking, okay, we have to have a Philippine team that's totally not involved with Reva staff because Reva staff is still the back end that powers VR spaces. Mm-hmm. So every time that VR space have a sale, that's basically like our clients in the US who outsource to us what they're doing on the ground because we partner with photographers on the ground in the US. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, the photographers just give us the files and Reva staff process do the post-production work. Now, uh, VR Space does the same thing for for the Philippine clients. Basically, VR Space is a client of Reva staff. Gotcha. So, so in time-wise, it actually it just makes sense to have a different team in the Philippines that can execute it yeah. on the ground. But all the back end is still being done by Reva staff. So I didn't really have any time constraints of doing that. It's just like instead of talking to U.S. clients, now we talk to Filipino clients. That is amazing. All right, now... In this said, again, these are very much in line and in tune, but you're, we're talking about 24-hour production here. 
Yeah, man. How did you change the way you manage this thing? Because as for as it's not easy. So it's similar manner. Again, you know this. We we turned our production capability. The only difference is I have a full time employee when I do this. But I I want to understand several things. Um, from your end, OJ, uh, when you do this, what was the biggest change in terms of leadership? Throughout these years that you have entered again, Revastaff as a, as a again a solo flight guy, and all of a sudden, you know, adding teams and making sure that you have other uh, freelancers that work or independent contractors with you, and now also VR spaces. How did you change as a leader over time, and what were those things you had to instill to make sure that as you kept scaling, the 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 whole you know ethos of the business stays the same. Self awareness is is really uh, 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 I always you know reflect and 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 be re- be really self aware of what my weaknesses are. Okay. So, for example, our first so as a solo founder at first, the first recruit that I have as a co founder was a tech guy because I'm not a tech guy, right? So so Mario came in. Shout uh, out Mario, how are you? Shout out to Mario, our CTO. So so Mario came in uh, in 2020. Um, helping us build that the tech platform and then uh, going into this accelerator program. It's, it's basically the, the leadership is actually how do I manage my skill set and also you know, the weaknesses that I have. So I have to hire my weaknesses. Correct. So and then recruit them because at this point we still can't afford you know uh, international or or market rate right for for these international talent that we have right mm-hmm. or so so. Definitely, we can't pay market rate for for the C level executives that I wanted to be on the team. Hence, it's always equity, always the vision that's gonna be one day <laughs> everybody will be will be you know sipping pina coladas on the beach, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> I like you're very specific about the drink too, by the way. <laughs> right, so so that's that's where Mario came in, and then now in the accelerator program, Cognitive Labs. You no, know, that's where. No, our advisor Julian also came on board as a CC. Shout out Julian! Shout out Julian! So, wow. so, so all of these guys. Actually, if you if if you look at our, our C C C level, and right now uh, we recruited a, a COO Matt, who's a BPO executive who has exited his last BPO, uh, wow. who scaled the company to two thousand employees. Now he's going to be running our, our, our C. He's going to be our COO. If you look at our, our C suite, I'm actually the weakest guy in the room, right? So and and that's what it, because if if I'm like the strongest leader there. What are they de- there for? Like, so I can just do it myself, right? Yep. So right now it's like, like, like giving uh, those tasks to people that are actually experts in what they do, yep. rather than me doing it myself. So, so it was really so. It, it took us a long time to hire these C level people, but right now looking back, to actually the uh, I was not. Uh, I was not. Uh, I was very hesitant of getting of of putting C labels right away, mm-hmm. uh, without no, because we we didn't really need a COO back then when I was operating everything. Yeah. Right? But right now, as we scale, but scale, you need that, right? And again, um, if you're in the if you're if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. And one trait of a founder, especially if you're going to be CEO, is how to recruit and build the right team. For sure. Right, and majority of the time, actually, all the time, you should hire people who are better than you on certain things. You have to replace yourself 
on certain aspects of the business so that you can also tackle on new things. And again, congratulations for doing such a great job building that. Now, let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's talk about the next steps that you guys are building with Revastaff and the other stuff that you're doing on the side because this is not the last one. Okay, but let's talk <laughs> about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. 
with over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Hey, hustlers, before we start this episode, I want to share with you this amazing tool that we started using in Podcast Network Asia and Pod Machine lately. And it's called Narrator.ai. Now, prior to using Narrator, one of our biggest problems in our startup was centralizing the tons of data that we have from all our podcasts and how users were using our product. We had so much data. The problem was we didn't have the right tool to interpret and make decisions fast out of them. Now, this meant we did a lot of risky guessing, which thankfully we got right, but we were a bad move away from screwing it all up. Now, instead of hiring a whole data team or building this whole thing from the ground up, we were lucky to find Narrator. Because as a startup, you need a tool that allows you to make the necessary pivots needed to scale up with your data that you can use to make great decisions fast. And Narrator is the fastest, easiest, and the most comprehensive way to get value out of your data warehouse. No more need for hundreds of rigid data models that take forever to update and can only handle a limited number of use cases. Using Narrator's activity schema, explore and analyze any data in your warehouse without having to write SQL. And I swear, if you're a startup that's scaling or a company that's undergoing digital transformation, this will blow you away. So all you have to do is go to narrator.ai and book a demo. Trust us, this is awesome. And we're back from the break. We are still with OJ, who then told us how he was able to bounce back from the fumbles he had to go through very, very early in his career. And now, you know, build a really profitable business in Revistaff and VR spaces. But again, I told y'all at the start of this episode, this is not the only thing this guy does. He has a few more, right? So let's talk about the other stuff because I just found, saw you again in the final. I was like, what? He is back. <laughs> Shout out John Aguilar, right? Yeah, you're the Suki of Johnny Aguilar. There you go. But I wanna, I wanna understand what's this thing, Payram, and how are you involved with this? Because again, it's not like you shut down and exited private staff in VR spaces. This is well alive and kicking. But you now have Payram. What are what is Payram, and what's your involvement here? Yeah, well, well, basically, uh, you know, there are a lot of startups in Cebu that are consulting with me. We we don't have like a champion startup uh, in Cebu that we can just go through, and so and and that was my struggle uh, before. Like, there's like, a simp guys though. The they're the yeah, older, yeah, the mean, oldest uh, guys. Yeah. Uh, George Albert. also George uh, George Padin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Albert and Dave has always been a mentor of ours. Mm-hmm. No, but but these startups that are are new who who doesn't know these guys, 
uh, and then uh, uh, for 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 me for them to just have a beer with me and things like that no so so i'm 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 like uh, uh they can reach out no and then we can just have uh, a beer together and from 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 In from that Cebu Merics <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. no 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 don't go back there anymore no 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 that's something you don't don't even go there all right so these guys are basically young ends in the startup ecosystem you're you're right there isn't any like champion yet yet uh, maybe that's you. Who's gonna be, you know, bannering the whole this main area actually in in startups? Who's you know who will blow the roof open? It's just a matter of time. But walk me through this process of again, basically paying it forward to those founders who were like you starting out at one point, mm-hmm. but needed mentorship. And how are you? How did you get involved? Yeah, for 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 in the case of Pay Here, um, it was just. Hey, we want to get into the final pitch. Can you help us? <laughs> no problem, man. So it was just like that. No, they they, they just give, give me a very no uh a very little piece. But you know, I was I'm okay with it, even without the piece, right? Yeah. I'm just I, I'm just glad that I can help help uh pave the way, especially if they wanna go to Manila, the Manila market, which I'm also I have I. I am in the unique position of doing that because I, you know, I lived 12 years in Manila and then I'm I grew up in Cebu. So so that that, that balance that you know I'm 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 not as as scared to go to Manila as many of them are because they're not exposed to, to how Manila is. Uh, and, and for me, it was just very natural. It's like a second home already because I I, I lived there. It, it was my first home before. So yeah. so that's kind of like I'm consulting with a lot of these startups who wants to to go to the Manila market, how to launch there, things like that. So that, that's kind of like where all these startups that, that they, they think that it's, I'm like the guy because I'm just out there. But basically, I, I spend like what? One hour a week with these guys, right? So it doesn't really... It's an advisor. Yeah, as an advisor, so not really doing so. Like ninety percent of the time that I have is still you no know, Reba staff, and you know, like ten percent of the time is all through these other projects that 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 they have, and and basically just consulting, advising work. Right, and but there's one thing that you're doing that I've tried actually very early on, twenty nineteen. Uh, VNI. All right, so this VNI, I tried that thing again. I I I really love what they're doing. It's just that I cannot commit the weekly time yeah. especially at the time slot and, that they want it to be okay yeah. i am a i'm a diesel guy so a diesel guy i slow i i start slow but once i get warmed up i get my flow right um but i cannot wake up 7 a.m go to a place and go through the same routine week on week it's just not me but again for those people who don't understand what bni stands for I won't steal your thunder. I let you do this because you're the president of the BNI investment chapter in Cebu. What do you guys do in BNI and how beneficial is it to do givers gain for entrepreneurs sure. and, uh, and great professionals in BNI? Yeah, so so basically BNI is is acronym for Business Network International. We were founded in America 37 years ago. So it's already been uh, it's in existence for 37 years came into the Philippine shores like less than 10 years ago so it's very quite new in the Philippines and that's no the, the motto is changing the world how the world does business so basically uh business owners entrepreneurs come together and like a local business club and the intention is actually to give business or refer business to each other like for example in our case we have uh in our team there's power teams like so all of our uh 
uh, professionals in the real estate space actually is in in uh, that are non-competitive. So if you go into a BNI chapter, if you're an architect, then there's no architect that they can actually get into their chapter except for you. So all of the architecture projects would ideally be referred to you. No, but uh, of course you have to deliver as well. You have to, yep. uh, hence that's that's where you no know, uh, we we really see to it that our members are of quality. So you, it's not just if you're a rookie, then then you can just join a BNI chapter. You could no, but you really have to. You have a year to actually prove yourself because the renewal is not automatic. So if you fucked up, then you know, we won't renew you for the next year. Yeah, so I've, I've right. been a member for, for three years and then currently I'm the chap, the chapter president. Uh, so so that's kind of like what we do on a weekly basis. As Ron said, it's intense. It's oh, intense. Uh, not for me. Like, <laughs> I like it, but it's not for me. Right. It's yeah. so, so it's it's really built for 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 those who who would want to really grow their network uh and then so, so in the philippines we have already like 44 chapters about a thousand members in in the philippines in cebu yep. uh where we're we're quite uh low in number compared to manila of course obviously uh but it's 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 very actually it keeps me grounded because a lot of these businesses in bni are traditional mom and pop businesses yep. uh, and as a tech startup they're talking about this high you know, SaaS and you know, yep. and and ai and you know whatever in the in, in the tech space and here's bni talking about building relationships uh you know uh uh um, having, actually having profit because right, again sometimes exactly. it can be it can be two different sides of the spectrum where startups are all talking about grow 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 at all costs you know right. burn money burn money raise funding here in traditional businesses yes the, the growth isn't that going to be that aggressive but you're building it with good fundamentals which is right. earn profit build a pipeline build yeah. a network be reciprocal which is again translates from the, the start of time that's how business was done Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. It also gives you a whole new perspective in how you can actually operate your startup, right? For because sure. at the end of the day, the objective of a startup is to have somehow become a business down the road. The sooner you can do that, the better. Which is again one thing you've done with the staff with VR Spaces. You've always had a pipeline. You did not have to rely on outside funding to keep afloat, right? So there, amazing. And ever since we've we've been bootstrapped ever since, so still still uh, uh, running it traditionally. Although we're we're trying to raise funds right now with the help, of course, of the people that can actually deliver it. Because for me, before I don't know how, what I was doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And again, you have you're now part of the latest cohort, the first cohort of the Idea Space Accelerator program. Congratulations! I saw that. But with this new direction that you're getting into, um, again, you're this is you're 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 past the year three uh, threshold of startups, right? But you recently just got to the accelerator in idea space. What's next for you guys in VR spaces? Uh, VR spaces. I keep saying VR spaces. We're driving stuff. There you go. Yeah. Well. Well. It, it's it's always the same. Uh, the business model is actually Julian coined this. No. So so to to make the V. 
VPO, the visualizations process outsourcing industry. So all of the visuals. So right now we're starting with real estate. So all the visuals for real estate. So whether it's photos, videos, AR, VR, mm-hmm. no CGI, no 3D, whatever, you know, visualizations that you need to sell out your, your real estate properties or your construction projects. No Reva staff can do it. Now we're looking to other verticals, no, uh, low hanging fruits like furniture. Uh, wow. So we haven't even you know, dip our toes into that. Engineering, architecture, you know, automotive, you know, uh, cars need visuals too, right? Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, and then the ticket prices for that are high. This is not, right. this is B2B. So right. this is always good. Yeah. So so that's kind of like just building that you know, industry. And in, in reality, you know, seeing that, that graphic artist that came from a tarpaulin shop in downtown Cebu and right now earning a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. Ooh, wow. That's able to, to uplift their quality of lives to what they have right now, able to remodel yeah. their house, able to afford a secondhand car and seeing that person and we can duplicate that to 200, 2000 artists that can actually have a career in what they do best. Rather than just have a menial clerical job somewhere, but their passion really is to do art and is to do creative work, just like those classmates that we have in the past is scribbles all day, doesn't listen to teachers. These are the people yeah. that we have working for us right now. And that's what we are enabling in Reva staff to build that network of visual artists that can actually build a career out of it and at the same time have a win-win for our clients as well to leverage, right? The, the 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 Philippine workforce and how cheap they can get it and how reasonable and affordable they can get compared to a graphic artist in in the mainland. So that's it's a win for them. It's also a win for the creative industry in the Philippines. All right, I just have one last question before we go. Because again, this is something that I only get to ask for people that have. Again, we have very similar paths. We. We were labeled a fuck up before, turned it around, uh, made a shit ton of his shit ton of mistakes, but ended up turn, turning out very well still. But if I, if we go through the high hustle share time machine one more time and go back to that to certain points where you know you wish you can change something or you regret doing, what would those be and how would you do this differently? I actually don't think about that, Ronnie. Uh, mm, I, wow. I think all the fuck ups that I did in the past was actually relevant, and all of those should have been fucked up so that I can do better at this time. So yeah. If I didn't fuck it up before, I would still be fucking it up right now, Correct. and I'm still fucking it right now. So that in in the future, so all of the mistakes that I'll be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And seeing some is actually part of the process. So right. if I'm if, if I'm not if if I'm not doing my mistakes, I'm not even trying, right? Just some quote somewhere there about if you are, you're not doing a mistake, you're not even trying. So that's kind of how. So so looking at it and and look at look at it as a regret or, or doing something differently, it would have a different outcome. So right yeah. now, uh, I think all of the the. The semi successes that we have are are because of those fuck ups and because we were able to adjust. And without those fuck ups, we won't be able to adjust because we don't have a benchmark to go to anyway. So that's how, how I think about it. That is absolutely amazing. Again, thank you so much. 
OJ. And again, if people want to reach out, get your mentorship, say they're in the Bismin area, or they want to work with you in VR spaces and whatnot, where do they go and how do they reach out to you? Yeah, just always email me, ojlopez at revastaff.com. There you go. There you go. Very easy. Or add him on LinkedIn on Facebook. He, he replies very, very, very fast. There you go. And you're grabbing my beer. He likes beer. There <laughs> Just not, not too much pollutant. Okay? He's lost weight like me already. We're, 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 we're trying to turn back from that shit. All right. We, we done. <laughs> but before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app and you're listening to or again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any type of podcast app. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com and lastly if you want to be part of the hustle share community which o- oj is part of he says he's number five but i don't get to really uh update to its full potential just join it it's going to be the hustle share community on facebook and again oj thank you very much yes sir thank you ron appreciate it man all right i'll see you soon my man and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace <laughs>